everyone. What's up, Michigan? Welcome back to another episode of the State Champs Poolside Podcast. My name is Lauren Platt, executive producer of the State Champs Sports Network. I am joined each and every week, not just in the girls' season, but also in the boys' season, by the girls' head coach at Bloomfield Hills High School. He's also heavily involved with a lot of things going on at uh, the Michigan Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association. His name is David Julkevsky. David, welcome. Good to see you again. Uh, great meet, uh, great week going on here. Uh, a lot of league meets going on, and happy to have Andy here today to share some stuff about the end of the season with us. Absolutely. The MHSA is not just a partner in uh, helping put on the program, but they also participate uh, whenever we reach out, and we always appreciate that. Today we have uh, Andy Osters, and uh, Andy, for uh, those who, you know, um, we try to familiarize a lot of people and, and put faces to uh, names at the MHSA, uh, talk, you know, what I'd like you to do is, well, first off, welcome, so thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you okay. for having me. Appreciate it very much. Uh, I think a lot of people in the swim promoter, uh, community know how much uh, you advocate for them and uh, and work hard for them. Just kind of explain what your role is at the Michigan High School Athletic Association as it pertains to boys and girls swimming. Sure, happy to do that. I'm assistant director here. I handle, uh, um, in addition to girls and boys swimming and diving, I have responsibilities in girls volleyball and girls softball. Also handle some of our interstate sanctioning uh, and a little bit dabble a little bit in our marketing program. Um, I've been here, like I said, for 20 years and the last six of that uh, as an assistant director and swimming and diving, definitely uh, a large portion of my responsibility here. One of my favorite sports, no doubt. Just for a little background, because uh, it's always fun for me to kind of learn more about people. What, what is your uh, kind of your sports background and how did you end up at the MHSA? Yeah, uh, I uh, started here as an intern straight out of college and they just never let me leave. Okay. Um, I uh, fell in love with high school sports specifically as a high school student, as they as they often do. Won a state championship in softball and uh, mm -hmm. never really got over the feeling that happened that day and wanted to provide that feeling for generations of kids to come. Uh, win or lose, I think high school sports, I personally believe that it's where we build the best character in our, our youth. Um, I'm really passionate about it and I'm lucky enough to, to work in a place that really fosters that. Absolutely. And it's interesting because uh, 2022 is actually state champs 20th anniversary. So uh, we are kind of uh, simpatico when it comes to that. And uh, so congratulations. Uh, 20 years is a big milestone wherever you are. Uh, and uh, we're certainly uh, have, uh, you know, it's it's been our thrill uh, to have covered. In fact, the first one of the first things I did, not to get off on a tangent here, but one of the first things I did uh, as a Cub reporter at uh, State Champs back in two, fall of 2002 was cover uh, the big first big thing I did was cover the girls swim state finals in 2002. And for those of you who can remember that far back, that was the uh, and I went to the Division One final. So of course that was during Ann Arbor Pioneers. You know just dominance in girls swimming uh, and that was the year of Carolyn Joyce. Carolyn Joyce uh, just uh, you know literally blew it out of the water uh, and I was just so impressed at seeing someone dominate the way that they could you know at the high school level uh, and obviously she went on to become an Olympian and all of that. So it was quite a uh, an introduction for me uh, to the sport of high school swimming. I grew up uh, uh, in California. I was a football, 
soccer baseball player. We don't have winter in L.A., so soccer was a winter sport. Uh, so I was able to do those three. So I was really impressed. Um, you know, that was kind of my first coming out party and, and celebrating uh, swimming. And uh, we've loved doing this um, podcast. And uh, so uh, before we get into uh, what we want to get into, and just so you guys know what's coming up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, UP Boys and Girls uh, Swim State Finals, which just took place uh, last weekend. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, uh, some, uh, you know, just different topics affecting the sport, things that the MHSA, uh, you know, can comment on, you know, things like the health of the sport and where things are going, things of that nature. And, uh, and then later in the show, uh, there was a meet that you can check out on the State Champs Network right now that featured Brother Rice, uh, Detroit Catholic Central, and Cranbrook. Uh, big swim meet uh, as we are, you know, getting towards the finish line here, uh, getting towards the uh, the state uh, finals that will be coming up um, before you know it. Uh, that's all coming up later on the show. But first, Poolside is presented by Lawrence Technological University. I need to let you know that LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports. They have athletic and academic scholarships available, and you can recruit yourself. It's a really cool tool. You just go to ltuathletics.com. Click on Recruit Yourself. They've got over two dozen NAIA varsity sports. No swimming yet, but uh, hopefully that will be somewhere in the offering there soon, especially because the fact that so many programs seem to be dropping swimming at the collegiate level. Andy, we've talked a lot about that uh, over the course because it seems like a lot of the coaches we brought on were Michigan State alum, and, uh, and David is an Eastern Michigan alum. And, uh, you know, just, just not having these available anymore uh, is really a, a sore spot, as it were. But, uh, but again, um, you can recruit yourself at ltuathletics.com. Of course, uh, Poolside's also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. One of the things we trumpet every week, uh, Andy, is uh, the need for officials. And, you know, just if you want to just chime in just for I'll give you the, the platform for 30 seconds. If you just want to talk about the, the severity and need for the next generation of officials. Yeah, I think, Lauren, for the past decade or so, you've heard this from really every corner of our office. Um, what, what was probably a, a little a stepping stone, a, a small little kind of bump in the road for us has become a, the primary focus of almost everything we do. Uh, we, it, it is absolutely at this point, we're at a crisis level, uh, especially in sports like basketball, um, sports like hockey, sports like wrestling, uh, softball and baseball. Absolutely. We've seen dramatic decline in the number of individuals who not only are registering for the first time, but we're seeing tons of officials leave the ranks. Um, and, and that's resulting in, in games being canceled. So um, I think that if that isn't um, indicative of the type of problem that we have, we need more people to get in, in uniform and, and officiate the games they love to watch. Uh, it's it's a, almost a thankless job. You're expected to be perfect the moment you step onto the court or onto the side of the deck. Um, yeah. But I think there's a lot of reward and there's certainly money to be made there too. So we're, we're absolutely looking for, for people to do that job for us. Um, get in touch with our office if you'd like to sign up. Absolutely. You can go to MHSA.com. Uh, there's a, a referee tab or officials tab that you can click and uh, it will guide you to wherever you need to be. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, maybe they even have, you know, thoughts like, OK, maybe this would be something I'd like to entertain. But, you know, think like, oh, it's going to take forever to be certified and I'm going to have to go to all these clinics and all that. But that really just isn't the case. 
right? It's not. It's incredibly <laughs> easy to sign up. Uh, we, we have removed most of the barriers uh, that folks told us were, were preventing them from, from starting the process. Uh, we work really hard to connect new officials with other officials so that they feel immediately like part of a community, so they have a resource that, that they can connect with uh, after games or, or before games to talk about things uh, in whatever sport you're interested in. And we also offer discounts for those that want to get involved and then officiate multiple sports. Uh, there's all sorts of opportunity for scholarship uh, recognition. This is a, a job that I really think that the next generation of kids that are leaving high school, we're going to need them to get into this uh, quickly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, there's a trend now that we're seeing in business, you know, in general, where, you know, a lot of people don't really are too excited maybe this next generation of, of the workforce that's coming up isn't too excited about just doing a nine to five where they're going to be in an office all day whatever they want to do a variety of things and and certainly with the job market the way it is you, you know you can uh instead of having one full-time have a several part-time jobs and that's what officiating is uh it's a great opportunity to uh again yeah make some money you can like work in your region it's not like you're gonna have to drive all over the place and uh things can just work out uh the way they need to work out and uh so uh don't worry about it if i blip in and out of the screen here there's there's we're not being taken over by uh aliens or anything of that nature it's just it's just the, the way it works here uh but uh anyway um so yes the need is there guys again look into it uh do yourself a favor look into it you know, and see what it's all about. If you have questions, the MHSA will answer those, and uh, then you can make an educated decision. Okay, a couple more quick sponsors. Uh, Poolside is also brought to you by a uh, big awards show that's coming up that uh, we're involved with every year. It's going to be on June 6th in downtown Detroit. It's at the Detroit Athletic Club, and they've been doing this for uh, 25 years now. It's the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards. Kind of very similar to the program that the MHSA does with the scholar athlete. This looks more uh, at than just the athlete who is at the top of their game, which of course is kind of a priority in terms of this award, but you need to have good grades. You need to have represented some citizenship, some leadership within your school and your community. Um, but we are looking for those who are first team all-state athletes, those types of individuals. Uh, and if you... Um, if you're a school, if you're an AD that's watching right now, uh, it's real simple. You just go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com. There's an application there. You download it. You fill it out. You send it in. The one thing about these awards is you can't be nominated unless you apply. And so the process has been a little slower this year uh, than most years. Usually we're getting in excess of 70, 80 applications. We haven't been receiving them uh, quite like we want. So you've got one more week to get those applications in, uh, you know, and and. and that way you can be considered, and it truly is a great way that we celebrate you, the seniors uh, who are uh, moving on to uh, the next level or whatever the choice uh, is and uh, moving on to great institutions of higher learning. Uh, we get a chance to celebrate you in a very uh, red carpet kind of way. So make sure you go in and apply for the award. So um, we'll get to some more sponsors later. I want to get 
to the program. Uh, Andy Osters is joining us uh, here on Poolside, and of course, uh, David Julkeski is with us as well. Um, let's quickly just start with uh, a little bit about what took place up north. I feel like uh, the UP does never never gets enough uh, pub as it should here, and uh, we're certainly guilty of that sometimes when we're not talking uh, on this program uh, enough about what's going on uh, up in the Great White North, especially this time of year. Uh, but indoors uh, at the uh, natatoriums uh, in the UP, they uh, recently had the uh, Upper Peninsula boys and swimming. They both take place during the winter uh, up in the UP, and uh, it looked like um, Marquette. Uh, you know, ate their Wheaties both on the boys' and girls' side before they came to perform this because it was a clean sweep for them. Uh, Andrew, your quick thoughts on, on what took place. Yeah, obviously uh, Marquette hosts the event for us. There are 10 schools that sponsor boys and girls swimming and diving above the bridge. Uh, we're a really unique state in that we've got these two very separate, very yeah. disparate uh, types of of final championship meets. Uh, obviously the Lower Peninsula, we've got uh, anywhere from 250 to 270 schools that sponsor uh, varsity swimming and diving. But up north, it's just the 10. And they all go to Marquette. Uh, Marquette has graciously hosted that event for us for a long, long time. And now Marquette's programs uh, are certainly the most elite, at least they are this year. The boys uh, went back to back and were, I mean, I think they won every event. Um, yeah, all, in the all boys' finals, um, which is almost unheard of, crazy. Uh, the girls' side, uh, I don't know if Marquette was the favorite going in, but they uh, they, they came ready. Um, I don't know if David wants to comment on any of those remarkable performances, but um, we, were, we were really pleased with the outcomes. Yeah, you know, a real dominant performance by Marquette. Um, yeah, I know MHSA posted a little story there about you know, 20 years of dominance, uh, and they certainly put up some really good swims. Um, you know, you had, uh, Andrew King, uh, you know, as I was going through the results, wins the hundred back from Marquette, part of their four free relay. I think he took third in the 200 freestyle, just real impressive swims all the way around for him, you know, winning by, you know, two, three seconds in, in his events, uh, in the hundred back there, uh, on the girls side though, the, the big one, uh, we had one state record fall this year, which was great. Um, Adelaide McRoberts out of Kingsford, uh, she breaks the 50 free state record up there in the UP. And she actually had an interesting combination. You know, right now, a lot of coaches are figuring out their league meet lineups and their state meet lineups. And you try to give kids a little bit of rest between individual events. And you try to space out your relays. You try to find that best combination. This young lady steps up. She swims a 200 IM in the 50 free back-to-back events. So she probably had less than 10 minutes of time between her two events. Uh, and did an outstanding job, won both of them, and then set the state record in, in the 50 there for the UP. So, yeah, really great swimming. And, you know, and from our side on, on MISCA, uh, a lot more uh, contributions and um, membership coming from our uh, UP coaches. Um, we see a lot of our UP teams getting recognized now for academic all-state. And even a few years ago, we had a young man that was really close to even making our dream team. So, Great to see those performances and those teams uh, jumping up now and, and starting to get that recognition that they deserve. Um, I, I don't know how they handle it uh, uh, with snow days when I see 122 inches of snow this winter <laughs> in Munising uh, and how these guys and gals get to practice every day. But uh, hats off to them for putting in the time and, and just a great state meet all the way around. Snowmobiles. 
<laughs> That's how they get to a front <laughs> snowmobile. I don't know, or maybe a dog sled. I have no uh, no idea otherwise how how they're uh, they're getting to where they knew. I I do want to say that uh, Houghton's Quinn Aho claimed the victory in diving, so Marquette won all the swimming events, uh, but uh, took second, third, and fourth in diving. Uh, but uh, the young man from Houghton there was able to uh, claim the diving state championship. So congratulations to him. And um, Marquette on the girls' side did win uh, 13 points ahead of last year's champion, Sault Ste. Marie. So we want to uh, congratulate them on a great meet. And, um, uh, yeah, we, we, we want to you know get do some more UP coverage uh, over the years here uh, on Poolside and make sure that we, uh, we recognize what's going on up there. And, uh, uh, yeah, maybe sometime we can have them come down. We can have some sort of MISCA, you know, UP, LP kind of uh I don't know, competition or something, whatever. Uh, we'll see. We'll just put it in, in the hopper there and, and, and see if we can uh, make that happen. So once again, uh, we're thrilled to be joined by Andy Osters from the MHSA here on Poolside. We want to get into uh, some uh, different topics uh, regarding uh, swimming. And um, David sent me some notes, too, on uh, you know kind of what you uh, wanted to talk about, what you, what's good. And uh, uh, one thing that David mentioned, that I think, yeah, we should do right off the top, an update on the COVID protocols as we get ready for diving regionals and the state meet. Sure. Um, great question. And certainly less of a concern uh, this winter than it was last winter and the winter before that, which we just don't speak of anymore in our office. Um, <laughs> but COVID yes. protocols certainly uh, will still be part of uh, winter tournaments. I think that um, our staff is, is doing our best to communicate that uh, across all of our tournament sports, that the expectation for spectators, they should expect to be masked at, at most of our events. Um, as, as we were talking about before the show, we see right now county by county kind of across the state, it seems like every week um, something's getting relaxed as we see case numbers just start to plunge here after the Omicron uh, variant. But I think that the expectation, you don't want to show up someplace that's uh, an hour and a half away from your house without a mask. Obviously, uh, I, I think that would be a smart decision to bring it with you. Whether you have to wear it or not, that's by and large a venue by venue decision. That is not something that our staff is deciding. That's something that we're beholden to with, with our hosts. And swimming and diving is no different. Um, at this point, I know that you're going to need to wear a mask at Oakland. You're going to need to wear a mask at Calvin. And Holland right now is uh, kind of 50-50. Not sure where that's going to end up. But again, the expectation, I think, is that you're going to have to wear it uh, if you're not in the water actively swimming. Um, as far as capacity restrictions, uh, we will have some of those uh, in place at Division One and Division Three. Division Two, we have a capacity restriction, but we almost never reach it at Oakland. But for Divisions One and Two, uh, One and Three, so that's Calvin and Holland, um, we will be uh, selling two tickets per qualified athlete. So that's the exact same protocol that we applied during the girls' season. Uh, it'll be applied again for the boys. Uh, we understand that that's difficult. Um, it's it's not ideal. And just uh, between us three and everybody else listening, if there's somebody out there who wants to build a large pool that has a separate diving well and about a thousand seats, if you build it, we will come. There you uh, go. All that said, we're somewhat limited. Uh, we only have a few universities who are who are interested in hosting, and a few private pools like Holland that are interested in hosting our events. So uh, we are we're kind of a I don't, I don't know what the right word is there, but we're happy with our sites. They just, they, they each present some unique um, challenges for us. And uh, we're really excited to be back at those three pools. Fast water for our kids to swim in. 
uh, really, really great personnel that, that handle all of our on-deck operations. And, um, and I think that's going to be a smooth, uh, smooth weekend in two weeks. All right, great. I want to ask you next about uh, participation and the numbers. And David actually have a good question on growth. Uh, but uh, you know, before he asks that, just uh, where do you see the participation numbers as it uh, relates to boys swimming? Sure, um, I'll, I'll actually speak about boys, girls, and middle school if that's okay. All right. um, yeah, absolutely. One of uh, one of the staff responsibilities, obviously, is to is to every year monitor. Um, numbers as far as participants, number of actual participants that are participating in that sport at the varsity level, and then the number of schools that are sponsoring teams. Uh, we look at every single one of our 28 championship sports uh, with a fine, fine eye every every March. Um, swimming and diving, we're lucky. We have been holding pretty steady. For the last five years uh, in the girls programs, we have a little over 5,200 athletes that compete in the Lower Peninsula. Um, at the boys' side, it's a little bit less, and we kind of throw out the 2020-21 numbers because COVID-19 wasn't kind to us when it came to data collection. So if you look at, at total number of boys' participants, we're right around 5,000, uh, and that's year to year, and we don't see a whole lot of growth, but we don't see things that are that are lagging behind where we would like to see them. So um, very pleased with our, our current varsity numbers across the high school spectrum. Middle school, it feels like middle school swimming has become um, where most schools look to get kids involved in their first experience with school sports. This is a great spot for kids to uh, connect with their community uh, in those places that have pools, especially the middle school recreational type pools. Uh, this is a great way for kids to start to get involved in school sports. Um, and obviously there's a safety component there, which we're always pushing as well. Uh, great place for kids to, in some cases, learn to swim. Um, so uh, we're really happy with the middle school growth. And I think that that's probably going to, in the next coming years, feed uh, higher numbers at the varsity level. You know, with, with that in mind, you know, we talk about this a lot at MISCA. We run our MISCA invite to, you know, for our middle school kids and trying to push those numbers. Seasons are, you know, at, at different times of the year, depending on what the districts and the areas can do. But, you know, one topic that came up, and, and Andy, if you could, you know, offer some advice or thoughts is, you know, what resources or ideas um, does your office, does the MHSA look at to try to spark interest in some more sports, you know, especially in some areas where, you know, pool's pretty expensive and they've either had to shut down or limit the use of the pool. So, you know, what, what are you guys suggesting to us that we can do to, to get that, that interest up? You know, that's a good question. And I think, um, again, across all of our sports, that's something that uh, every sport asks our office, what are you doing to grow softball? What are you doing to get those new emerging sports that aren't tournament ready yet? Uh, what about water polo? What about equestrian? What about, I mean, we get all sorts of questions like that. Oh, yeah. So I think everybody wants their piece of the pie. And um, unfortunately, our kids' time has never had a higher price point or value dollar-wise on it. Our kids um, are busier than ever. So getting them, here's my, my advice is getting them passionate and interested earlier rather than later is the key to them investing in their school community and wanting to play school sports versus getting pulled to that non-school kind of atmosphere. And I know swimming is, is unique in that a lot of our swimmers who compete at the high school level at least are also swimming some sort of club. That's typically what, what they're doing. And that's, that's not totally unique to swimming, but certainly as, as an individual sport, it, that, that's something that, that we certainly look at. Um, as far as growing a middle school program, 
I think having that one person who's going to advocate in your community for and, and push for administration to devote not only dollars, but a head coach that really cares and a head coach that's willing to spend a lot of time in your school buildings, finding kids to, to complete those teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I will say one great example of, uh, you know, sports that have persevered, you know, um, and this will be a two-parter, uh, is, you know, the um, the resiliency of girls sports uh, in some areas. And just in a few weeks, I'm going to be covering and filming uh, the first girls wrestling state finals that are sanctioned by the MHSA. It's interesting. I did a, a story a couple of years ago. I went to the uh, quote-unquote girls state championships that they had, which the MHSA, uh, the MHSA did send officials to and all that. So, you know, it was something that uh, was totally legit. Uh, and, you know, the participation was was crazy. It was it was amazing. This was, you know, you know pre just before COVID. And um, it was really uh, an exciting uh, event that I was able to uh, attend. And here we are a couple of years later, which they had hoped for, participating in MHSA sanctioned sports. I know that, you know, uh, it wasn't that long ago that lacrosse uh, was a sport that was fighting to get in and, and finally did around 2005 or whatever it was. And uh, and then you've got uh, other sports, um, you know, that are on the fringe. Girls hockey is something that I know they want to, you know, eventually be able to uh, jump into the into the fray. So, you know, go ahead. And a lot of our a lot of questions that our office fields are well, how do we get our emerging sport to that threshold where the MHSA would consider sponsoring a, a varsity tournament, a state championship? And yeah. the answer is that if 64 member schools are sponsoring that sport at the varsity level, uh, then then our board representative council uh, would look at it. Uh, demonstrated growth. So if you look at a sport like water polo, we have about 40 schools that sponsor water polo that number hasn't really moved. That number is staying right where it is, and that number has been there for an, a long time. Um, if you look at a sport like boys volleyball, that has seen tremendous growth in the last uh, three years. That's something we're monitoring really closely. But that kind of gives you an example of, of what we're looking for uh, administratively when we look at new sports that we might consider hosting tournaments for. Yeah, and David sent a really good question to me uh, that uh, I'll just ask on his behalf. Um, but and, and it 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 works in in the same vein is busy lifestyles, jam packed schedules, uh, you know, sports and extracurriculars. Uh, um, you know, what advice do you have to to athletes uh, and coaches uh, regarding that? Because it seems like you know, again, time is is somehow getting away from us more that maybe there's not as much participation as, as there used to be. I mean, I, I can speak on this first and then certainly David, who is a current yes. coach and understands uh, our, our current athlete better than I do. Um, but as a former coach, I know that um, one of the things that we're always pushing is not only multi-sport participation, but balance. Um, kids need to be students first uh, and they should be given, I, I firmly believe they should be given breaks between seasons. Uh, time to rest, reflect, uh, reset. Um, and I think that we have, uh, you know, culturally an issue right now in, in youth sports where uh, adults have gotten so involved, engaged, that they forget that this is all about play. This is about kids making friends. This is about building good children who are going to become better adults. Um, it's not about wins and losses or even X's and O's. Yes, it's important to teach part of the game, but I really believe that 
kids do this because what they tell us, they do this because it's fun. And when it's not fun, then we start to see the burnout. Then we start to see the injuries. Then we start to see kids not wanting to go to practice, uh, things like that. And I think if you're starting to see that, then you've got to look, really look at your programs and say, all right, what do we need to do here to, to bring the fun back to make sure that this is still really play for our kids? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see it on a day-to-day -day basis. If, if practice isn't done by 5.15 or 5.30, I know kids have got to go because there's such a busy lifestyle. We've got tutoring. We have you know, kids doing other activities. We have so many things going on in the building. Uh, it makes it tough. Um, you know, we try to help our kids. We try to educate them the best we can, right? But yeah, <clears throat> at times, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, the adults running the other activities or parents or whatever it might be. I mean, the kids have so many interests, we want to let them pursue it. But um, that's a battle we deal with every every single day with, with our team and, and our school. So. <clears throat> Yep, exactly. So, you know, we just got to find the time because, again, for me personally, um, you know, and this is, again, why I have been with State Chance for as long as I have. And I think, Andy, you said the same thing earlier is that, you know, it's you just love it, you know, and you love being involved. Uh, with high school sports, it's great celebrating it. Uh, you know, it was the biggest thing in my life. <laughs> you know, when I was doing it, and uh, I, you know, I had an injury and, and unfortunately wasn't able to compete at the collegiate level. Uh, and so, um, you know, I still have such great memories. And um, you know, again, um, we're seeing this in high school hockey, where we we're getting much more participation now from guys who normally would have just gone to the club level or the AAA level, whatever it be, uh, and uh, because they want to experience it with their friends. They want to play with their friends, and the competitive level now has grown to where, you know, you, you can still have great opportunities uh, after high school. If you're good enough, those programs are going to find you uh, so that you will be given opportunities to play at the next level. So uh, let's keep playing. And, uh, Andy, I appreciate your time coming on to the uh, show today. Uh, it's been great. I, I want to uh, ask you one last thing. Um, because this is, again, something that state champs and the MHSA are kind of uh, celebrating at the same time. State champs, uh, we, we started in the fall with something we just felt uh, really needed to be done. And so we started what's called State Champs W, which is State Champs Women. And so we have a website now, statechampsw.com. So all of our, our uh, female athlete coverage, all of our games go uh, there uh, and our social media channels. Uh, we've got dedicated content now. It's all um, done by the the women of state champs, the ones who work here. They're the ones who work uh, on our uh, state champs W programming. And we've got uh, all kinds of good stuff that, that we've got in the hopper. And it just happens to coincide with Title IX being 50 uh, this year. And so, um, you know, your thoughts on uh, where the level of, of, even though this is a boys swimming show, uh, since I have you here, you know, the, the level of, of girls sports and, and what you've seen. Uh, the explosion of participation and excellence over the last two decades. Oh, man, I don't even know where to start other than I, I think I am sitting here today talking to you because of Title IX and because I was given opportunities even 20 years ago that people 40 years ago, 50 years ago, I should say 51 years ago, yes. um, didn't have. Uh, and, and I think it is a, a milestone worth celebrating. Certainly, uh, we still see a great disparity, especially in professional advocation, um, not necessarily participation numbers anymore because our girls in some sports uh, outpace the boys. Um, but in, in 
furthering um, girls being interested and women being interested in sports, I think that that's our next real challenge is making sure that girls know that they have just as much opportunity to, to work in sports, to continue to play in sports as, as a young boy. Um, and that certainly has affected and impacted my life directly, uh, knowing that this was something I was passionate about and wanted to apply myself to. Um, I have a daughter myself, and that's something that certainly I uh, hope to instill in her as well, but really appreciate State Champs uh, doing, doing that. That's, it's an important thing uh, that we continue to move that needle. And uh, just because the, the legislation is 50 doesn't mean the work is done. There you go. All right, just getting started. Uh, where Are you going to be at uh, any of the state championships uh, for swimming? Yeah, so good, great question, Lauren. Um, I never get to go to any of the girls' championships because I'm at girls' volleyball that weekend. Uh, um, but I do watch the live streams, which all of our boys' meets will also be live streamed. Um, mm -hmm. I'm planning to hit all three. So I think I'm going to be at Oakland on Friday for prelims, and then I'll hit the, uh, the west side for Saturday. I'm excited to see some great swims. Okay, fantastic. I will be filming. Uh, I'll be Saturday at Oakland, so I'll be, I won't see you, but uh, I'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I will see David and we're going to try and do some stuff while we're there. So all very exciting. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the program. We appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Dave. Okay, you got it. All right, so once again, we thank the MHSAA's Andy Osters for coming on. That was great. So uh, before we uh, finish up, we do have uh, a little bit more business we want to get to, but I do want to say, hey, uh, a couple more sponsors to recognize. The Michigan Army National Guard is the official military outlet of the MHSAA. And also we want to give a shout out to the Detroit Medical Center's uh, physical therapy and sports medicine professionals. Uh, they've been a partner with uh, State Champs now for a couple of years, and we put together these Game Changers segments. They're really great. You can go on the network uh, on uh, State Champs Michigan social media channels, or you can check them out uh, on the website. And uh, they're just kind of like a quick hitters, like two minutes, uh, but really great, great insight. Uh, Laura Ramos has uh, worked with the DMC for years. She's a, a physical trainer uh, with the uh, WNBA, and uh, she's got all these great, you know, kind of just tools and tips on, uh, you know, to, to do some certain stretches properly or, or uh, to increase your strength. And, and they're really great. Anyway, uh, check them out and uh, enjoy them. Uh, so um, one more sponsor and a new sponsor to the show is the Goodman Acker Law Firm. We appreciate them coming on board. Uh, you know, if you have... Uh, the most difficult times of your life is if it happens to be in litigation at Goodman Acker. You work with the same attorney and team the entire length of your case. Uh, they're going to fight for you just like they would a member of their own family. They're experienced, ethical, and aggressive. Mention you heard about Goodman Acker on State Champs, and they'll provide you a free assessment of your case. So they'll just take a look at it and let you know what they think. Goodman Acker, good decision. Call 1-800-TRUSTED. And we do thank all our partners in sponsoring uh, the Poolside Podcast. And so uh, with David, uh, we had an interesting, like you said, there's uh, sometimes they got to cram these in. So we had three schools participating on Tuesday at a swim meet that we covered featuring Detroit Catholic Central, uh, Birmingham Brother Rice, and Cranbrook. Yeah, you know, Great meat. Yeah, I always like running double duels. Yeah, I think it's good for the kids. Um, you know, sometimes, like we talked about, it's a scheduling thing, trying to find, you know, pool space, you know, for our private schools. But on the competition level, it's such a great experience for these kids because you're running multiple heats of stuff, like you will at a league meet or a state meet. Um, you've got kids from both sides on either end. And, and in the Catholic League, uh, a lot of great competition. And, and CC, uh, you know, quite a bit of depth there, you know, a little too much for Brother Rice and, and Cranbrook. So 
you know, Detroit Catholic Central comes out on top. But right from the get-go uh, the other night, Medley Relay, uh, hands down, probably one of the better races. Cranbrook squeaks out a two-tenths of a second win over Brother Rice. And then CC's, you know, about four seconds back after that. But uh, way to start off the meet. You know, I got to imagine these, these boys, you know, getting ready for league meet. They, they go a week after all the public schools. So they're looking for one big spark here, and, and what a great way to to get it going there with with the medley relay. Um, I thought they, you know, all the splits all the way around just look really good for for Cranbrook and, and Brother Rice. Um, in diving, you had two young men, and I'm pulling up my notes here. I'm jumping around, but yeah, go ahead. Um, no, we had we had Jason Purr from uh, CC and Edward Saint Amour from Brother Rice. You, you watch some of their highlights and, you know, each of them has some, you know, real unique dives, some strengths in some areas. And they were kind of going back and forth all night. Um, but Jason pulls out that win by about 20 points. So, you know, a few points here and there in each dive uh, pulled him ahead. They actually, when everybody's watching this, uh, Catholic League diving will have already have taken place. So I'd encourage everybody to go back and take a look at Catholic League diving and see how those two did because they dove against each other. And then just a few days later, they had league meet. So, Great job for those guys. And I, I think the best individual race of the night, uh, 100 freestyle, first through fourth place, uh, Connor Kolka from Brother Rice goes 49-5, winning the 100 free. But then, you know, less than just an arm's touch away, you got Robert Hand and uh, Alex Lampy from uh, Catholic Central. And then uh, Luke Landry from Cranbrook is in there as well. All four guys, you know, about a second and a half, really good swims there. Uh, for them, you know, again, late late season uh, double dual meet, and they've got an extra week here before leagues. But uh, great for them. Uh, should be a great meet uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. I think they're back at the same pool. I think they're at Waterford again, uh, just like their dual meet t- uh, last night. And uh, looking forward to a great league meet with with the Catholic League boys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is great. You know, you've got uh, a very proud programs who are going to get themselves fired up and they know that, hey, this is it's the rubber meets the road uh, right now as we get into, you know, the final weeks and, uh, you know, everything, you you know, every meet you should just take as if it is the state meet, you know, in a way so that uh, uh, you're ready to go and that you can step up. Uh, to the competition when uh, when it calls for it. So, um, yeah, you could check out uh, those clips. They're up at statechampsnetwork.com. Just go to uh, our social media channels. There'll be clips, individual uh, race highlights of each one of those uh, that took place. And, um, uh, again, you know, State Champs is, uh, is getting out there and getting some swimming coverage. And uh, uh, that was a good one for you to, for to check out for the uh, swim uh, community. So uh, what's coming up for you? Uh, you know, or you know, in the swim community in general, uh, as we kind of start to wind things down. Um, you know, we we got a lot coming up here. OA championships are going on as we're recording. Um, you know, as well as KLA and all those other teams uh, in leagues. So we'll start looking at uh, realignment for next year. Uh, we're also starting to crunch numbers already, looking at Oakland County uh, qualifying times. Uh, so that'll that'll kind of take a you know a little bit of our time here the next few weeks. I'm really looking forward to heading over to Oakland to catch the boys D2 state championships here uh, in a couple of weeks. You and I will do some work yep. and yep. Uh, looking forward to catching up with Andy and, and seeing some fast swimming there. And then after that, you know, we we really go into a lot of uh, postseason work and you know uh, you know starting to look at state cuts and locations for next year's meets. I mean, it it really doesn't slow down too much for us, and we try to get a lot out of the way. Uh, before the spring hits because a lot of our coaches are going to jump into their their spring clubs their outdoor teams 
my little guys at home are, are getting ready for for spring swimming as well. So yeah, there's a lot here in March for us, and then uh, we'll shut it down and get ready for August. Right on. Uh, for the layman who uh, doesn't understand like what realignment means, mm-hmm. what, what what's that process and and what takes place? <clears throat> Every league's a little different. Um, KLAA, that'd be a fun one maybe <clears throat> for a topic, how they realign. But in the OAA, um, we've got three leagues. So we take all three of them. And after the meet uh, tonight, um, I'll get all the numbers. I'll put all the results in. And we take all the seniors out. And we rescore the meet as a big, massive, like mythical OAA meet. Mm. And we look at uh, you know strength of returning athletes. And then that'll give us a starting point for our coaches to start uh, looking at. Um, the OAA does realign every year. I know some of our leagues don't realign. And then you've got one like the KLAA uh, where they they look at their league meet as the dual meet season goes on. They look at how the season's going before they set up their, their league meet, which is pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, realignment just gives us a chance to uh, move some of those teams up that have been very successful and make some adjustments for some of those teams that maybe have lost some athletes. Um, and some of that's as easy as just a conversation, but, uh, swimming and diving too, but swimming on, on another level is so great because we can quantify those numbers. And, you know, we all swim the same size pool. We all have the same clock running. Um, you know, there's nothing, uh, subjective about it. Everything's, you know, pretty set up. You, your 22 second 50 free is 22 seconds in any pool. So, uh, that helps us out. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I think people think like, uh, oh, you know, um, I go to North Farmington or, or whatever. And so I'm going to be in the OAA, like they're in the OAA red in basketball, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yet in other sports, they could be in the OAA white or, you know, or whatever, uh, you know, just depends. And I, I love that, you know, again, uh, you know, for people to understand that there is, you know, they try to look at the competitive level so that, you know, each division uh, is is representative of, uh, you know, that kind of skill level to the best that they can. And so um, it's just not, you know, across the board, um, you know, just because in, in, in Clarkston football is so good uh, doesn't mean that you necessarily have to be at that level in every sport, right? Absolutely. And it, it is, it's important, right? Because you have some programs and schools that are known for a certain sport and even size of the schools, you know, look, look at Seahome and Groves, they're division two schools, but they're undoubtedly, you know, some of the better swim programs across the state. Look at EGR. They win all these state championships. They can compete at a D1 level. So, yeah, I think it's great that, that we can sit down at a league level every year and we're not worried about how many kids are in your school. Uh, and we can help you out. You know, it's you graduate a lot of seniors. We can make an adjustment for you. And, and ultimately, it's to give the best competitive experience for all the kids. I mean, that, that's the number one thing for us. Yep. Okay. So uh, once again, another great show. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, it was a good, good conversation. And um, yep. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for participating in this particular show. We thank all of our sponsors for being a part of uh, Poolside. And uh, we'll get together and do this again next week. So for David, my name is Lauren. And thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of State Champs Michigan's Poolside Podcast.